What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to episode 1092 of Ask Pat 2.0. In the previous episode, and in this episode, and in the next episode, it's sort of a three-part series based on a live show that was recorded at FlynnCon 1. That is my Team Flynn community event, the first one that ever happened in July here in 2019. We do have an event coming up next year. We are already sold nearly 100 tickets before event one even finished. So make sure you get your tickets now to FlynnCon 2 if you wanna join me. But what you're about to listen to is part two, where I bring on a special guest live with me on stage, and she helps me answer some questions too. We also dive a little bit into her story as well, and it's a lot of fun. This is none other than my great friend, Shalene Johnson, who is our mystery guest Saturday night there at FlynnCon. So at FlynnCon, I don't announce the uh, speakers until right before they come on stage. One of the fun things I do there. A lot of fun surprises at events like this. So again, if you wanna get your ticket to FlynnCon 2, all you have to do is go to FlynnCon2.com. But for right now, here we go. Myself and Shalene Johnson at Ask Pat Live at FlynnCon 1 in San Diego, California. Here we go. Thank you guys for waiting patiently. We're gonna get to as many questions as we can. We still got like an hour left, which is cool. So it's all good. But I wanted to bring on a guest on, somebody who you've already seen speak today. She was amazing. I'm really excited because she has a lot of advice to offer too. So for those of you in line, you're gonna be able to ask me and my great friend, Shalene Johnson. Hey, welcome back, Shalene. Hey. So we're gonna take questions. You having fun? So much fun. This is awesome. So great. Uh, we're going to take some questions in just a minute, but I want to tell a couple of stories really quick, and then we'll have you come up next. You've done a lot of special things for me. You've changed my life and my family's life and our lives too. Shalene's had a major impact on how this event is structured. Her event is very similar in terms of it's a lot of Shalene and just how the setup is and how intimate it is and, and how much value is given. And, and so thank you for that inspiration. Thank you. Wow, what a compliment. And you've also inspired me because you were, you're a businesswoman and you're great at it but you're also very devoted to your family, and that's very inspiring to me as well. Shalene, we love you! Oh. Woo! <laughs> I love you too! Yes. I planted him. You Did you? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. And then finally... <laughs> and, then, and then finally, I don't know if a lot of you know this, but the first time I really sold something ever, which was so scary... It was one of my courses. It was called Power Up Podcasting. Any Power Up Podcasting students in here? Woo! Shalene came to me a couple of years ago and was like, my community needs help with podcasting. Can you come speak at my event to talk about podcasting? And I was like, I love your events. They're awesome. Your lifers are amazing. And she was like, but there's one thing. You have to pitch a course. And I was like, I don't have a course to pitch on podcasting. She's like, will you make one? And I was like, should I make one? And she's like, you'd be crazy not to make one. And I got so scared. I don't know if you remember, we had conversations on Skype. Yeah. You had to coach me through the process of what it's like to actually sell something, especially on stage. Like selling on stage to me was like, like a sin. <laughs> I've, been, I've been to conferences before where the entire time people are selling and pitching from stage. And it just made me feel so icky. And I was so scared going to that event because I was like, I'm going to have to take like 10 baths tonight after I say all this stuff. <laughs> Do you remember any advice that you gave me that, that when we were working through I, yeah, that? Yeah, I said, so everybody wants to start a podcast right now. And it would be rude of you not to help 
people do this because, I mean, I started a podcast because of you. I learned everything in the beginning that I knew about starting an online business from sucking into his podcast. That's how I learned about Pat. That's how I learned about so many other experts. And I, I simply said to him, like, there's so many people who are less qualified to teach this, who are less authentic, who are less real. You have so much experience. It would be rude for you not to do this because they're going to fall into the hands of somebody who's far less qualified. And he was like, okay. And I said, don't sell it. Just come and just share your passion. See me. Don't sell me. Yeah, yeah. And what happened was I, I spoke on stage at Shaleen's event and I delivered a lot of value. And then I went into the pitch. And before the pitch was even over. Oh, this is so funny. Please let me take over. <laughs> so he, first of all, I mean, you've all been in events where people offer whatever program it is they have available. I've never seen this happen. When he announced the price of his course, he got a standing ovation. <laughs> And Brett and I looked at each other. We said, this is going to be good. <laughs> and, then, and then the room emptied because everybody went to the back to buy the course. And Pat was still going. <laughs> he was just, and, and no one was looking at him. Everyone had their backs turned to him. They were all in the back buying the course. And there were like eight people in the audience. And I mean, like literally we had to get a cane and put it around his neck and take, we're like, you're done. You're done. Those people want to buy. He's like, what just happened? I said, you just, what you did is you didn't sell. And because of that, and you were so authentic, you didn't have to sell. And that's why he was so confused by why everyone was at the back buying because he hadn't sold. And, you know, we have learned from you to listen to the audience and then deliver what they need, you know, and this is why this event is set up the way it is. This is why the smart bar is the way it is. This is why we had a session today about ConvertKit and how to use that, which was awesome. Angel was amazing. And tomorrow we have a session with Teachable. And during that session, I'm going to be offering something that I've never offered before because it was not my idea. It was from the audience. And so we're going to offer something tomorrow. You'll see in the, in, at 1 p.m. tomorrow a solution that we know is going to be perfect for those of you who want to go and invest in that. It's going to be amazing. And for some of you, you're not ready for that. And that's okay. And that's the other thing too. And some we talked about that a little bit at dinner tonight, myself and my son, Brock, and my husband, Brett. And we, when he told us the idea, which I won't spoil the surprise, but I high-fived him. Like, and so did Brock. We said, this is the thing so many people have been asking for and it's needed. And if, I think that's the takeaways. If you, you're going to be successful if you solve the problem that people are telling you they have, as opposed to like, you deciding what people's problem is and they don't even know it's a problem. You know, if you really listen to your audience, that's the best way to serve them because they will tell you what they're struggling with and, and how you can meet a need that's yet not been served in the industry. That's where that confidence can come from. So for those of you who are struggling with selling, it comes from knowing who it is that you're selling to and what they need help with. So thank you again. You've I changed my you. life. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get to some questions, yeah? Yeah. Hi, I'm Gianna Kordaski. Good to see you, Pat. Family Fun Twin Cities is my, what would you call it? Website? FamilyFunTwinCities.com. I've got my two uh, partners here with me at FlynnCon, which is so great. And our question, I am the lone representative. Our question is, how can we convince people what they need? Because we've got, we're a website, so we sell advertising and we sell all kinds of no, let me rephrase that. We don't sell anything. We let people advertise on our site. But mostly right now it's passive with a, a network, but we really want to grow our local businesses. How can we convince them 
without myself, without myself killing myself, um, of this is what they need. Like you said, Shalene, they 1% or whatever millennials buy with traditional advertising, they need to move from traditional advertising to things like our website. How do we put that into words so that I'm not killing myself, personalizing? I don't know where that came from. Everything. What is the problem that you solve? We get them in front of young parents and our... our get who in front of young parents? Small businesses in, yeah, in Minnesota. Small, small okay. local okay. businesses. So the pro- that's what you do. What problem do you solve? You're getting them more customers, yeah? Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. If you're speaking in the voice of your customer, they're saying, my problem is... My problem is I need to sell more memberships to my museum. I need to sell more memberships to my need. Uh, my problem is I need more customers. Yes. We get you more customers. Okay. So it's, it's also in how you position the, the problem that you solve. I always think that we often lead with the thing that we do mm-hmm. or what we offer or sometimes even the transformation when it's best to lead with the problem because when we lead with the solution, people don't know the solution or they would have already figured it out. So I, I think it's really important to lead with the problem. Okay. And then sometimes you have to lead with what people assume the solution is. An example of that is with the Marketing Impact Academy, that's our program that teaches people how to start an online business. People assume the solution is more social media followers. I know that's not true, but I have to lead with that because that's what people believe the solution is. So I use that in my marketing. So listen to what your audience is telling you they think the solution is. And then you start there. Yeah, it just it, it's just a matter of incorporating some of those words and terminology so that they're paying attention because that's what they think the solution is. Because if you're you're pitching to them a solution that they don't even know that's the solution, they don't they're like that's not what I need because I need more customers or okay fill in the blank. Yeah, so it's, you're there. I think it's just a matter of semantics when it comes to marketing. That makes sense. And Pat. Maya says, thanks for all the advice and hi from Minnesota. Tell Maya I said thank you. I will. Thank you. Next. Hi, Shalene. Hi, Pat. Hi. My name is Anita. I'm uh, from the Wise Women's Workplace podcast, and I help women who want to become sought-after employees in an easy and ethical way. And my question today is around authenticity, vulnerability, and setting boundaries. So I want to be extremely honest with my clients, my listeners, about who I am. But at the same time, I want to kind of respect the more formal context of, you know, kind of the workplace, so the people that I work with, but also like my family's private sphere, my private life. And so I wanted to know from the two of you how you kind of decide what's okay to share and be personal and what should kind of be left best to private life. I mean, for me, it's a tag team, my wife and I. And so we talk about it a lot, all the time. And sometimes we don't know what's comfortable or not until we just visualize what would happen or like understand and and even future think what would happen if we did this. So we go, okay, what would happen if we showed a picture of the kids at the pool? And we're like, oh, that'd be fun, like to get people in. But then we think about it a little bit more and we go, oh, okay, well, you can kind of see the neighborhood and what it looks like and probably, you know, maybe this is not a good idea, right? And then other things are like, well, it just makes complete sense. We're at Disneyland. We're having fun and there's no harm in that. So for, for us, it's very much just as we go and, and conversation. There aren't necessarily 
there must be, you know, less than 2,000 pixels of our house shown on this picture kind of thing. You know, that's extreme, obviously. I don't know anybody who does it like that. <laughs> but I'm just trying to set an example. I don't know, Shaleen, you, you share a lot about your family as well. How, how, what are your boundaries with that? So there will be times where I know it isn't my story to share, but it's a story. So I'll change names. Like if it's a friend, I'll change names. I'll, I'll, I actually won't say it's a friend. I'll say I'll met someone. When there were things between my husband and I that we were comfortable sharing, but we didn't feel like it was that our kids were old enough to, to be able to deal with it. Like, for example, my husband and I are very open about the fact that we've both dealt with addiction. And we were both ready to share with it, but we didn't feel like it was appropriate to share with our audience until we talked to our kids. And that meant and waiting till they came to an age where they could understand what we wanted them to understand about that. And then there have been times like where I'm sharing a story about my son or my daughter. And again, I waited until they're a certain age and asked for their permission and also let them listen to it before I shared it. But I do think in having coached people who have something to work through that involves a family member or someone who's still living, that I do think you have to be sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a way to share it without people. There's a way to share without people knowing it's even your story. You know, you're sharing a story. Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Anil. I'm Pat. Hi, Shelley. Hi. I'm Anil Agrawal from marketingautomationfocus.com. I recently started doing live seminars and workshops in my local area to help local businesses. The toughest thing that I found was going around and passing out flyers. And so I'm wondering if you had any ideas or tips how to get local businesses into my seminar or workshop that I'm doing to help them. You know, the word local is interesting because to me, immediately that tells me there's there's a number of different unique marketing strategies that you can use for specifically local related things. It used to be Craigslist, right? Yeah. You would be living in that area and you'd look for things like that. But now it's moved on to more things like, you know, local search and those kinds of things. Google search ads that are specifically local based or Facebook ads, for example, that are geolocated. You can get really honed in on your area and where things happen with those kinds of mechanisms. I think that could be potentially a great thing to test. I admire you for actually doing guerrilla marketing and getting it out there and, and, and doing flyers. And I think the other thing that has worked really well for those types of things is you really treat those first customers, those first students like gold. You give them an amazing time and you give them a lot of value such that they will give you, number one, some great testimonials that'll make it easier for you to sell so that people will know what they're getting into. And then number two, they might even invite and, and, and bring other people in as well. I promoted the All-Michigan Auto Swap Meet with flyers. And I commissioned, at the time I was dating a football player at Michigan State University. I since married him. And uh, I recruited several of the guys on the football team to go into the parking lots and hand out the flyers and put them under windshield wipers. So you could try that. You could try a local football team. <laughs> but my, my serious question, though, is why not go live? Why not take this online? I can. I can, but I just started with just going around. And actually, I knew a few local businesses like restaurants that I actually go eat at. Oh, beautiful. And, and massage therapists that I go to. So actually, that's how I got a few clients. But it was very difficult to go in and start talking to local businesses, they're just all busy. General managers of different, you know, restaurants or 
other local businesses, coffee shops. I'm sorry? Do you charge for it? Yes. The small, small, uh, just to get them serious about like not, not totally free. I might suggest just experimenting with allowing them to come for free. Okay. And, um, you know, so that you've got that, because there's something about the energy of having live people in front of you to right. teach. It's so much more fun than speaking to like, you know, a, a camera, right? That right. takes practice to have the same kind of energy. But so it might be worth just experimenting with offering that to them for free and you doing a live webinar style broadcast where you're charging a nominal fee for the beta testing of it and then experimenting with that. Like what might that look like with a mon- monthly membership? You just, the potential to reach hundreds of thousands of people all across the United States at times when they're available because everybody is busy, right? Right. I think you'll have greater potential there. But I love the idea of feeling the energy of local businesses and helping them to understand it doesn't matter whether it's restaurant or massage therapy, like this is sound advice regardless of your industry. Right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Before we get to the next question, and again, thank you guys for your patience, I want to share a little video. And this relates to how we got connected. And I had a person text me immediately as they learned that Shalene was coming as our special guest today. They texted me and I was backstage to say, how did you get Shalene Johnson on your stage? How did you do that at your first event? And they were so blown away. And to me, I was like, we're just friends. And it made me think about like how we became friends. I think I begged. (laughs) I doubt that. But it was through podcasts. Actually, we became friends through, through podcasts. I don't know if you heard me first, I heard you, but it just... Oh, I definitely heard you first, because I didn't even have a podcast. Okay. The first time I actually got to hang out with Shaleen, and actually she did this amazing thing. She invited me up to her place, and she was helping to promote Will It Fly. And little did I know that before we were going to do the Will It Fly promotion for her audience, we were going to have to do not just one workout together, (laughs) but two workouts together. We did a cycling thing, uh-huh. and then we did. Uh, we worked out at your house, and you led like a sixty-minute session, and I was dead. Yep, I was absolutely rubber the next three days, but it was totally worth it. And that was just an amazing moment for me. And I, I just still, to me, it's unreal that you're here. But I got some good advice the other day. It's like sometimes you have to just think about the room you're in and realize that you had earned your way there. And I think a lot of times we discount just how much work we've done and the relationships that we have. And just incredible things can, can happen when, when you do that. And again, just thank you for all the help. It's, wow. it's been amazing. Thank you. And Shaleen's also taught me to dance on stage too, which is, which is really amazing. And we dan- I've, I've danced at her event. She's now dancing at mine, which is crazy. <laughs> and then we talked about selling on stage. Like these are some of the amazing students that have come on board who are now nice. part of my community yes. from, from that very same day, which is really cool. I do want to point out that your, your son, Brock, is also very talented just like yourself and your husband. And he's been kind of exploding on a platform, brand new to me, but it's called TikTok. Have you ever seen TikTok? It was formerly known as Musical.ly. TikTok's full of these just short videos. It's like, kind of like Vine, but it's more interactive. And this video I'm seeing has 3.7 million views. And I looked on your YouTube channel the other day just to see how big your videos are. And the, the one with the most views only had 1.4 million. <laughs> So what's going on here? I thought we were friends. <laughs> well, let's just say this. For the record, I'm in the video. Oh, this is true. No, but check him out. Brock Johnson, he's here as well. Brock 11 Johnson on TikTok and many other places. Famous with 12-year-old girls. 
<laughs> and like I said, I just love following your feed because you're very family-centric and that, that means the world to me. And I also have to thank you because you've helped me with my health. Came out with this book recently called 131 Method and it's sort of like keto, but better and more well-structured. There's a lot more structure to it. I, I appreciate that. And it's, it's definitely changed my energy levels. I've been on it for a month and a half now. Uh, Mark Mason, who spoke earlier, lost a severe amount of weight going on the 131 method as well. So what I really appreciated about this book was you started with an apology. Oh, yeah. Can you talk about that really quick? Because I don't, like, when you yeah. talk about authenticity, I mean. So for those of you that know, don't know, I, well, you do know, because I shared a little bit of that story today, how I ended up in fitness kind of by accident and got very swept away with, well, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. That's what I'm supposed to be saying. And I... I was doing a lot of things that were unhealthy because it's just what everybody was doing in health and fitness in order to achieve a look. At a certain point, I was exercising four hours a day, at least, and eating very minimal calories and then still being asked to cut weight to make the videos more marketable and suggesting that you could do that in 30 minutes a day. And I, it wasn't that I was ever lying. I just believed that was true for other people, but I was broken and every, you know, just, just everything in the health and fitness industry, I was so swept up in it, but also part of it. And I didn't take my responsibility in that role serious enough. So when I had my own health scare at the peak of my career in health and fitness is when I realized, wow, I have a lot of people who are following what I'm doing. And if I've done this to myself, what have I done to the people who have trusted me to do the research for them. You know, like I talked about today, like there are people who you, you place your trust in them to save you time because you're like, you know, they've done the research for you. Well, I hadn't done a lot of research. I just listened to people who were more recognized or more notable or more famous than me. And I was giving the same advice they were so that I wouldn't, you know, buck the system, if you will. Not that I'm making excuses, but like, that's just all that I knew. And when I had my own health scare and really dug in to figure out what it means to be healthy, I realized... I had to set the record straight. I owed people who trusted me an apology and a promise that I would always do the same degree of research and skeptical investigation, anything related to health that I always did for business. Like, why wasn't I doing that with health and fitness? Why wasn't I? And I vowed that I would do that moving forward. So I started the book off with an apology. Thank you. It's very noble of you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Let's get some more questions. Yeah. Let's do it. Awesome. Uh, hey, Pat. Hey, Shaleen. My name is Doug Johnson. I have a YouTube channel called Doug Does Digital. And uh, my amazing wife, who couldn't be here because she's watching our two-and-a-half-year-old and, and eight-month-old, she has a far more successful YouTube channel called Haley Page Johnson. Um, What's hers called? Haley Page Johnson. That's her, that's her name. So we're both in the process of building online businesses, you know, figuring out digital products, building our communities, but we love to put our family first. So I want to just see if you guys have some kind of golden nugget when it comes to raising and, you know, building an amazing family while still building an amazing business and putting on conferences and, you know, influencing millions of people. What struggles do you feel right now? Like, are you already torn? It's not so much being torn between, you know, our kids and, and business, because obviously our kids are one. But our businesses and our passions are very, very close too. So I guess it's finding time and making sure that we're doing our due diligence as parents and researching what we should be doing as parents while at the same time I'm researching what's the best way to grow my email list. And I guess it's kind of 
a feeling of guilt almost of, of wondering like, am I putting too much time into my business when I should be putting more time into my little ones? Yeah, I mean, this is a big one, right? Because when you have kids, everything changes and your priorities change, but you also need to run a business and it's tough. And I think for me in April specifically, we touched on this a little bit earlier, was that it was just a learning process as we go. We don't know all the answers and we know that what works for some people may not work for us. And we've tried other things. We've tried, you know, delegating certain days of the week for certain parents to watch the kids so that the other can do something. And that just didn't work for us. And we had to figure it out. And it was through experimentation, through understanding that trying means potentially failing. And then we'd have to regroup and, and recover and, and figure out what to do next, that we were always making it better, even if we were to fail, because we're trying to get better specifically for the kids and the business and trying to balance. One thing that I, have, I that I realized that was really key for me was realizing that there's no such thing as perfect balance. That, that scale, you, you, if you imagine a scale going back and forth, like there's only one moment, one frame when it is perfectly balanced. That's a small percentage of the overall spectrum that you could be on. And to shoot for that only, you're going to feel unhappy and stressed out most of the time. So what me and April have realized is that there are seasons and there are moments when we're going to be big on a launch and I'm going to be huddled up in my office with my team and we're working on something amazing and I'm not going to be there for her during that time. And I have to, number one, let her know ahead of time that that's happening. <laughs> but number two, help her realize that there's going to be balance on the other end. Just like FlynnCon's happening right now, next week we're going to be going on a trip where we can just relax and decompress because I've definitely uh, worked hard for this, but April is working just as hard, if not harder right now too. And so just knowing that that's coming and that, that's been our solution, the balance of one here and then one there and one there, knowing that, you know, we just don't want to get too far to one side and stay there. We're going a little bit this way and then we go a little bit this way. And now we can sort of balance out a little bit. What do you have? I would say that you have only one opportunity to get it right with your kids. That's it. There's only one season to raise children. That's it. You can be an entrepreneur and be super successful the rest of your lives. We talked about this at dinner. Brett and I did nothing. We did no networking. We had policies in place. We, our policy was one thing per month. That meant one speaking event. That meant when I negotiated contracts, I would say I'll accept less pay, but I cannot do the same things other trainers can do. I can't be at appearances. I can't go to workshops. I can't be at, I can be at those things, but I choose to be a mom first. It forced us to be far more creative. God will provide for you if you hold out and do what, do the next right thing in this season. Don't let your ego take a hold of you. Don't believe that you've got to make more money because that will not make your kids happy. What makes your children happy, let me go off just a moment. No, really, truthfully, um, there's nothing, I just, I'm, this is my opinion, so please feel free to disagree. There's nothing more important than getting it right with your kids. They don't care how successful you are. They, it's not going to make them better children if you have more money. It's not going to make them feel more secure if you're gone every single weekend. And even when you are home, you're not there and present. Be present. You can do that later, and it goes by like that. Anyone who's, whose children are out of the house, you know it goes by so fast and you can't redo it. So do it right. And this is my opinion, make business second mm -hmm. and you will be rewarded. Thank you. Thank you for that. I get passionate about that one. You know, one of the reasons why FlynnCon exists is because I have been speaking around the world quite a bit and I wanted to start slowing that down because I've been away from home. 
And it's been really cool to create an event where I could bring the family and include them and share them with you and have you meet some of them. And you did it here. And I'm doing it here. And people will come to you. Which is crazy. Thank you all, by the way. <laughs> and so likely you're going to start to see my speaking die down a little bit in terms of traveling everywhere. And I'm going to focus even more effort on FlingCon and making it yeah. the great thing. Thank you. We'll take one more question with Shaleen, and then we will swap guests. Katie. Thank you. I'm Katie Horner. My business is handprintlegacy.com, where we help coaches, consultants, and practitioners to preserve and pass on their genius to the next generation. We do that through course creation and blogging mentorship primarily. We're at the point in our business where we're uh, needing to expand but not ready to take on employees. And so my question to both of you is in regards to expanding your team through contractors and the process of finding the right person for the right seat. And how do you do that? We've, we've tried unsuccessfully a few times already. I'm looking for some insight. What have you tried that didn't work? Where did you find those people? Recommendations, but I don't feel like I have a, a very good vetting process. I would suggest, number one, relationships is a great place to start because you can get some testimonials from people that you trust. And that's what I still recommend for people when you hire. Try to find people that you already have a relationship with to help you find those people too. Because then if it doesn't work, you have somebody else to blame. That's, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the big thing about hiring is you don't want to commit to that person until you know for sure they're the right person. And so whenever I've hired, and this was back before I had my team that I have now, who's amazing. I just feel so blessed to have them. But uh, when I was hiring contractors for things, it was micro tests. Even to the point where, like, for example, on Upwork, before I knew anybody, I would go to Upwork.com to hire people. And before I would click, yes, I want to work with you, I would see how long it would take them to reply to me, right? That was test number one. Number two, I would go share with me your design process and, and some of your portfolio. And if they didn't give me a good answer, then I know that's somebody who didn't want to work with me versus somebody who went over the top. That meant that, wow, they must really want this and they're also qualified. And then once they start with you, have sort of a probation period of like a micro test or something small. It's a content creator. Have them write three or four pieces and just see, is it a right fit? And let them know ahead of time. I'm going to test this. We're going to see if this works. And if it doesn't, I don't want to waste your time. And I know that I don't want my time wasted and we'll go from there. Just quickly, I would say all of that, yes. And think of it as like dating, you know, so don't be discouraged by it. And it's okay to be kind of a little bit of a player, <laughs> you know, where you give the same assignment to two or three people and you just tell them it's a temporary part-time thing. And then that way you see who's, who, who shines, who you connect with, who you feel like you know, you really vibe with and you trust them and they're the right fit for the position. That way, like, you know, I always hear from people, I can't afford to hire help, but I'm overwhelmed. I would say you can't afford not to. So maybe not hiring, but I, like I love that you added uh, as a consultant. So give yourself permission to try someone temporarily part-time as a consultant and just see how that works out. And don't be afraid to hire two people for the same job. Sometimes, I should say, for the same work right? And it might seem like you're spending more than you need to, but truthfully, there's nothing more expensive than bringing someone on and training them only to find out that they didn't work out. Cool. Thank Good you Good luck so much. to you. All right. That is the second installment of the three-part series of Ask Pat Live. This was a live session one more time at FlynnCon 1 in San Diego. So much fun. So thankful that Shaleen came on and she's awesome. She's so 
amazing. And I'm just thankful that she spent time with me. And actually, my wife and I, we got dinner with her and her family. They're just so amazing. I, I love her to death. She's helped me out so much. Thank you, Shaleen, for everything that you do. And thank you for coming on my stage, answering questions. And thank you to everybody listening right now. I hope that you've been enjoying this mix up because usually in Ask Pat 2.0, I do a coaching call. And this was uh, kind of going back to the earlier episodes of Ask Pat where I get a question and then I, I give a single answer. And it's been fun to do that. But we're gonna get back to the normal sessions not in the next one, but the one after. But this next episode that's coming up, 1093, I bring on my second guest. And he he was actually the MC at FlynnCon. And uh, I'm excited to introduce him to you next week. So make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And we answer more questions from the audience live there as well. And even now, as I'm recording this intro, a couple weeks after FlynnCon, uh, three or four weeks after FlynnCon, I'm, I'm reminded of the questions that I answered in this next segment coming up in the next episode. And some really important questions were asked and Chris and I, I remember we tackled them really well. So hopefully that'll be helpful for you. Please subscribe. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. And of course, Team Flynn for the win. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now you might've noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show, for now at least. And this way we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.